0: Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research, and today we are discussing the potential impacts of AI on health equity. With me today are managing editor, Ross John Fertune, and staff writer researcher, Jayla Whitfield. Hi, everyone.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: Health equity is a topic that we have discussed quite a bit on HealthCast, and recently with President Biden's executive order on AI, it has come to the top of our minds about the potential impacts of AI on health equity. Jayla, I know that you recently wrote an article about this very topic, so we're taking today's episode to outline the current state of health equity and what AI could mean for improving health access for everyone.
2: This is such an important topic. When it comes to healthcare disparities, it really impacts all Americans, uh, including those uh, that are getting healthcare coverage uh, based on the mortality rates, those with mental health issues, those with chronic conditions. And many times it's those demographic factors that really matter the most, like your socioeconomic status, uh, possibly your gender, your sexual orientation, your age and race, that really shape an individual's ability to receive the Best Care. Uh, during the final week of October, the Health Information and Management Systems Society, known as HIMSS, they held a Global Health Equity Week, and this is something they do yearly. This was the first time that I was able to attend, and I really enjoyed it. It was a five-day period dedicated to get people involved, and they hosted several conversations about actionable steps to reach health equity. The week focused on digital health, um, emerging technology like AI, as you mentioned, The social determinants that are impacting uh, health and maternal health. Uh, One of those events that I was able to attend was the Congressional Breakfast Briefing on AI, and they discussed the path forward to health equity, and it was extremely informative. The discussion shed light on how federal leaders are basically strategizing on how to develop systems using AI that can help curb these disparities. So, for many leaders, it starts with the data. That was a big thing that they discussed in that conversation. Because they said you need the key data available to understand what communities need and what they're missing. Overall, the conversation was really optimistic, though. The healthcare leaders believe there is promise in using AI to achieve equity because it can help close those gaps and fix some of those. Problems, but they also made it really clear that the technology must be used ethically and accurately. Uh, one area where equity is needed most that they brought up is maternal health care in America, and this is an area where inequities thrive. In America, women of color are two to three more times likely to die from pregnancy-related causes uh, than white women. So during the Global Health Equity Week, Hims actually held a virtual discussion on bridging the gap in maternal health and it was a really in-depth great discussion that included women that have had like a direct experience when it comes to these inequities women that have gone to the doctor's office and maybe their doctor wasn't listening as well or ended up having to get a c-section when they went in for uh, a regular delivery so, they were able to share their stories, and it really made you understand just how big these problems are and how far and wide they spread. But especially just over the entire week of Global Health Equity Week, hearing the diverse perspectives from healthcare leaders, uh, people that have actually experienced these inequities, doctors, nurses, it makes it clear how important it is to move this needle forward on health equity for all.
1: There is, I think, a, a notion, and, and I was reading some NIH reports and prepping for this conversation, that these inequalities are either unbridgeable or don't exist. There's a real sort of public opinion concern here because the cold hard facts are, as Jayla laid out, fairly easy to see in the data that exists are there because NIH researchers do generally agree on the causes for these disparities, mostly structural or sort of social determinants of health. And in both cases, there are ways to analyze and bring forward a lot of information to better examine uh, health equity. We can process them, the data in better ways so that health providers can bring forward better care. So along with
0: covering health equity in our general reporting, DevCIO Media and Research has also been hosting a health tech equity working group. Um, I know it's had a couple of meetings. Can you all tell me a little bit about the takeaways from the working group, some of the topics that are discussed?
2: I think those working groups are really essential and just hold a lot of value. Um, when you sit in the room, you're able to hear from a variety of different leaders across agencies that are all talking about the same issue, How? Equity is a problem, not just in the healthcare, not just in uh, VA, but everywhere. It's a problem that they're trying to solve. Um, in some of the previous healthcare working groups that we've had, they've discussed developing a policy for cross government data sharing. They've also discussed building trust in the government. That's a really big one because, you know, if people don't trust the government, they're not going to rely on the government for the basic necessities that they should be relying on the government for. They also discuss uh, the biases that are created and exploring those biases. Um, There's also uh, biases just with, generally speaking, with healthcare devices that we use There are some devices uh, that are actually made to better assist and help certain demographics than other demographics. So looking back at some of these tools and the way that we've been historically doing things to make sure that we're getting it right. Um, So those conversations have been essential in just moving the needle forward, uh, bringing some of these issues to the forefront, and they're really great.
0: Yeah. And for listeners who want a little bit more in-depth conversation specifically on the working group, we do have a prior health cast from May this year talking directly about the health tech equity working group. So I encourage you all
1: to go check that out. One of the things that came out of the uh, working group, the health uh, equity working group, was some of the problems that come with bias in technology. I know Jayla just touched on some of the health equipment that uh, works for some people better than others. Uh, I know specifically, I know there's a lot of issues about size and and the ways that people work uh, within the healthcare system regarding those, those issues. But certainly, you know, in the tech side of things and the data side of things, things like algorithmic bias and data bias are, issues that are now coming more to the forefront as there's more adoption of emerging technology and you know obviously recently we have this uh, executive order on ai and the health agencies are really working within that but i think we do want to look at ai more and more and the ways that it can be beneficial or detrimental going forward yeah so let's
0: focus a little bit more on ai i mean we've Establish really well the current issues in health equity and the conversations that are actively happening um, in the federal government around this, but with AI specifically in mind, how can that technology help shrink health equity disparities?
2: I think the technology, uh, it could be used as an automation in the healthcare. Uh, it's great for being able to analyze that data quicker. And it's also good to be able to get faster diagnoses. Uh, basically doctors can be able to get treatment plans quicker. Um, but I do think that regardless of how it's used and in the ways that it's used, it's always going to require there being a human in the loop, Uh, especially in the healthcare field. These diagnoses and going to the doctor, uh, there's just so much relied on that. These are life could be life and death situations. So even though AI may give a doctor uh, faster diagnoses or read the data a little bit quicker, that doctor or nurse is going to have to go back and look over that data and make sure it's correct before saying, here's the best medicine for you, or here's the best treatment plan. So I think that human in the loop with AI working hand in hand is going to help us reach health equity even faster.
0: Yeah, the speed aspect is really a benefit in terms of being able to automate some of the, I guess, more tedious manual processes. But that does raise the concern, though, about having the right data in these uh, AI systems so that they're not perpetuating the same biases uh, that already exist. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, data is always going to be key and essential. And that's one of the key things they talked about the Global Health Equity Week is how important data is. And, And when you think about the healthcare ecosystem, we have a lot of data, more than some agencies may have. So when you're going through all of that data, assessing it, it's really going to be a shift in taking those paper copies, going to the electronic systems uh, in order to be able to involve technology in how a patient's life has gone from the beginning to the end um, or beginning to their treatment plans.
1: Yeah, I would say just to sort of end up a little bit This is where public uh, health agencies really are trying to get their claws into the HHS um, Healthy People 2030 priority area uh, has a lot about health equity. There's a lot of emphasis on literacy, health, social determinants of health. But more than anything, there is a five point framework, I guess I would say, and data is one of those five. But there's also definitional things that rely on data resources that rely on data and how they use data you know finding objectives based on indicators the data really does power everything when it comes to these moves to try and reduce inequities in uh, public health and agencies are using you know technology both to analyze and to gather because you can't really fix the problem or try to help fix the problem if you can't define it.
0: Yeah, and just curious, we talk about having the right data. Where is that data coming from? Jayla, you had mentioned, you know, digitizing physical paper records is a big aspect of that, but is this data that we already have by and large, or is this gonna require us getting more data to use in these AI systems, new data?
2: So a lot of the data they already have, like when you go to the doctor and you fill out the same uh, paperwork over and over again, every single time they have that data. But it's the simple fact of taking paper copies and moving them into computer copies. And also, I don't think it's going to be just new data it's going to be working hand in hand with the old data and adding in new data the correct way. So it'll be a little bit of both. If that's, I don't know if Ross wants to chime in on that as well.
1: Yeah, that's something that that really has to be bridged. You know, we're certainly in all the things that you see with digital government, that's something that needs to be sort of figured out because there is so much in so many disparate systems technology has to be able to bridge those gaps as best as it can because you know that that's where things like AI and and data processing really need to pick up the slack. So it's not
0: just AI using data to create its decisions and automate but it's also using that technology to even find the data in the first place.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean that's one of the things that gets Not lost, but, you know, sort of on the back burner when it comes to uh, machine learning and technology, just getting everything in one place so that it can be read. I know, you know, Jayla mentioned data sharing and and things like that. There's more than one doctor that you're going to visit if you have. Nobody only goes to one doctor, I should say, and that that includes people who go to, for example, the largest healthcare system in the United States, which is the Veterans Affairs Department. I mean, these those sort of interoperability uh, issues are things that need to be bridged by technology, because I mean, could you even imagine the person that has to do the the data input? That's impossible. So that's why you have these kind of faster processing systems and. You know, that, that's we're still very nascent in that because as with all things um, in this sort of moment in history, you're kind of building the ship as you're rowing. So you really have to keep up with a, a mile marker that keeps moving further away. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge to keep up with the
0: pace of technology, but it does sound like AI has great potential to be the tool that gets us to where we need Um, especially in the health equity space. Well, Ross, Jayla, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Listeners can tune in in two weeks for a brand new HealthCast. But until then, if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. And hey, tell a friend, we always appreciate growing our audience. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Ross John Fertune.
2: And I'm Jayla Woodfield.
0: Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media & Research. For more podcasts, and to check out the other shows, head to GovCIOmedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com dot com.